Hi, we're just two women living our day-to-day lives, being farm wives, surviving and thriving in this amazing state of Nebraska. Handling the hourly weather changes, wind, and amazing beauty of this great state. We're here to share more on the aspects of agriculture that we see and live every day on our operations. Join us and listen to our adventures as we navigate our new lives of being farm wives in Nebraska. It truly is the good life, but have we mentioned it's not for everyone? Welcome everyone. It's been a little while since we've talked and uh, hi Lauren. (laughs) Yeah, hey, I know we haven't talked in a long time, but I guess that is, that's planting season I guess for us. Yep busy as always. So, Mm -hmm. um, a little bit what we did for this week is we interviewed, or if that's what you want to call it, our husbands and asked them these questions and they gave us kind of their, like how our operations run of with these questions and just a little bit more about planting. And then you guys will have a little insight of how things run around our farms. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. I thought it was good to just ask these questions. I mean, I feel like I get to see some of the answers every day, but to just hear the why behind it, I was like, oh, this is good. So, yep. I'm always learning some of the stuff I didn't know either. So it's, it's good. So we're just going to kind of go back and forth and uh, do our questions. So what does it look like to get started and how early do you start preparing and buying seed and having it delivered? Yeah, so Travis's answer was that we buy seed around January for the best deals. Um, so that's usually when he starts talking to like seed dealers, things like that, getting it started at least. Um, we typically start preparing um, pretty early to just we work on the planter like the year before fix any electronics, openers and blades and any bushings before we put it away for the winter. Um, Since he works with manure and spreading most of the winter, he doesn't have time to work on it. So um, Travis did have to work on setting up new globes this year. So that took some time effort to figure out, but he was able to get it done in a couple days. So it didn't like set us back. Um, And we started a little later than usual this year. Um, And then we take delivery of seed beginning of April, typically, maybe earlier, depending on the year. Uh, And it's usually picked up almost as soon as we're done. So it's not sitting on the yard like it is right now. (laughs) Yeah, that always is taking up room. Um, Just to kind of specify, like, so people know when you say globes, is that not the GPS systems on like the planter and things like that? It's an additional globe. So it's a John Deere globe that goes on top that was new this year. I think we were using okay. a different system last year. So he was just trying to get all of that like recalibrated and set up. So Okay. Okay. Just so, cause I know a lot of people, some, you know, some people might not know that. So anyway, That's a great just, question, yes. just kind of to explain. <laughs> yes. Always going more in depth. So um, next question, tell us just a little bit about like the planter that you, you like you guys use for your operation and why um, you've gone with that option. Okay. So what we do on our operation is we end up, um, we run a 12 row planter. Ideally we would love to upgrade and do a 16, but right now how it works is we have a six row corn head and 
so then just the coordination between harvest and planting of the 12 row planter and the six row corn head, it just is kind of what works best together. Um, so like on certain fields, we have to do like strips across the fields to share, like it's a, it's a field that, where we share the crop. And You're sharing so, it with Josh's family then? Well, it's actually like the landlord. Okay. And so we just have to do like the strips and that's just kind of what works best to keep everything separate because we don't have GPS on our planter or anything like that. And so like, we're not extremely high tech when it comes to that. We'd love to be, but it's just, we just don't have the stuff right now. And so, um, that's like one reason that it works easier. And then the other reason is because of, um, on the combine, the bigger the head, like, so an eight row, we would need the, like the contour masters in order to follow like the side hills, like the contour of the ground and everything, or like going through a hip, a ditch or something like that. And what combine that we have, it just wouldn't do that as well with an eight row. And so that's why we stick with the six row with that. Um, it kind of takes time, but obviously we get the job done and it's what works for us. So. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's a good point is that like our operations are pretty different, but you get the job done at the end of the day. So exactly. There's definitely, um, you know, the pluses and minuses to both. So (laughs) yeah, for sure. (laughs) It does. It definitely does take longer, but it's, it works out. So anyway. Okay. So another question that you asked Travis was why, do you guys run the planter that you guys run? Yep. So we use a 32 row planter um, with 22 inch row spacing. So um, he didn't really elaborate on this much other than like they wanted that specific 22 inch row spacing um, for narrow rows um, just because better yield and then faster canopy for weed control, um, which we'll touch on that a little bit later. So they wanted 22 inch and at the time when they bought it, like the 32 row is what was available. So that's what they decided to go with. Um, it works out in my favor because they get done faster. So I'm, I'm good with that. And I don't really question it that much. Yes. I know farmers are very specific with their, like the inches of between rows. They, everybody kind of has their custom thing that they're used to and what they like. And they're very, every farmer is that way. Very specific. Yes. And I feel like it's just because that's what they've always known. I don't really know if there's a ton of other reason behind it other than like the yield makes sense and and the canopy for sure. But it just seems like, Hey, this is what I know to do. And so that's what we're sticking with. But I didn't even know that the row size could vary. So. Yep. (laughs) Learning every day. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. So this is kind of a question that uh, we both asked our husbands. So why are you spraying behind planting the corn or why do you spray at the specific time that you are spraying? Yeah, this is a good question because I feel like in the spring we see a lot of planters in the field, but you're also seeing a lot of other equipment. So we spray pre and post. Um, Pre is just to kill all the stuff 
beforehand so that you can plant in a good like solid foundation um, and that's also because we do no till so instead of having to work the ground each year um, we do just the pre-spray and then the post we do so that weeds don't grow up past the corn canopy so you spray corn and beans for the same reason um, and it's been pretty effective so that's what we've been sticking with but, but why do you guys spray um, with like the cycle that you do and stuff? Yeah, it's, um, you know, kind of the same thing. Not all of our fields are no-till. Um, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you, you guys do completely no-till on all of your fields? Yeah, we do. Gotcha. Um, Travis like worked one field a little bit this year, but yep. that's not typical. It was honestly just because he had time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, some of our fields we do um, till them because a lot of the times on the corn stalks with like the cattle on them with the compaction yeah. and stuff. Um, so that's not, you know, not all of them have to have like a pre uh, spray and we don't really do that. So okay. the, the spraying that we do more or less, like you said, just to kill the weeds. So the corn can actually get going. So the weeds don't take over the corn so it can germinate and get going and then we usually try to spray one more time before the corn canopies. And so, you know, just to make it a little bit more ideal, um, yeah. they, like Josh said, we don't do this, but some people don't have to spray behind the planter um, when they plant the corn just because they do like the pre-merge, like you said, you do it before yeah. you guys plant. Um, we don't do any of that, quite frankly, just because we don't have time. So it's right. a very busy season and we just don't really make the time for it. So, yeah, I feel like you and Josh talked a little bit more just about spraying and like the specifics. So tell us just like a little bit more about that and like how tall can corn be before you have to stop spraying? Um, was it yeah. like one of your specific questions? So the reason I'm asking all these spraying questions is because it's not like brand new, but it's new to us. And it's a really nice sprayer that we just bought this year. And okay. so, um, that's like a big deal, which I'm excited. I wondered I'm very happy. If, yeah, that's awesome. That's so exciting. I wondered with all these specific questions, if it was something you guys were doing like on your own or doing yeah. like yourselves. So, yeah. and so like, way more sense. <laughs> yes. So now this year, Josh can do all of this stuff himself. And like, he actually has his commercial sprayers license because he used to, before he like right out of college, he came back and he worked at like one of, not a co-op, but like one of the uh, chemical companies around here. Okay. And he like commercially sprayed for them. And so like, he's pretty knowledgeable when it comes to all this stuff. And so like now that we have our own sprayer, we don't have to wait for that company to come. And so that's kind of why all these questions arose. But anyway, I'll go on uh, with um, the question of just like why, you know, when, how, how tall corn is and everything. Um, so like the herbicide, you want to apply that with the corn when it's like knee high to waist high because you need to be able to get that down to the ground to be able to kill those weeds. Um, mm -hmm. There actually is come like a new sprayers coming out that are tall enough to actually spray over the corn, like all the way up until the corn's tasseled. Crazy. This we do not have, but 
Um, that's more or less not to apply like herbicide, but it's to apply like a boost of nitrogen during the growing season. Um, some people think that it's like a yield kick, Josh said, um, like they'll put 50% on like beginning and then, you know, like before, and then they'll do another percentage of it, like throughout the growing year. So that's kind of a little bit. Um, of kind of something that maybe is around, we don't do that, but that's kind of, you know, some people that you see some of those sprayers out there when after the corn's canopied or when it's that tall, it's because they could be doing something like that. So that makes sense. Yeah. That's good to know. Um, next question, corn on corn. Um, I think that you mean by this, like you're planting corn on the same field that you would plant it on the previous year. Correct. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Is that typical for you guys? And if it is, tell us why that can work. Yeah. Um, what we actually do most of the time we do like two years of corn and then switch it to beans. Some fields, for like convenience you have to really like more or less talk to your chemical guys and all of the agronomists and know kind of what the ground is doing but we have gone i think for the convenience of like where the cows can go close to home Mm -hmm. like i think we're on like year four or five of corn on corn on corn so um Mm -hmm. But you have to really make sure that you're taking care of the ground. So with like the corn, it pulls a lot of nutrients out of the ground every year. And so what you can do is um, you can either do anhydrous. There's the liquid 32% nitrogen or like a dry nitrogen. I think Josh said it's called urea. And you treat the ground before you plant the corn. Um, Also, what you have to do is, like, seed treatment uh, for rootworm. That's something that can pop up if you do corn on corn. Um, You know, and you just have to keep up with that year to year. Uh, Most people do the two years of corn and then one year of beans if they're going to do a corn on corn rotation. Most people just do a complete crop rotation of just one year corn, one year beans. Um, but like I said, we've done, I think four, maybe five years and you just have to make sure you fertilize the ground, feed those nutrients back in. And, um, like I said, we mainly do it because of the corn stalks, the convenience we need, we need the corn stalks. So for the cattle. So that makes sense. I think that really shapes like your the way that you guys run things just because you have cattle. So like it dictates a lot of the choices that you can make. So it's really interesting just to see like how opposite we can be, even though we're still like we're farming ground. I mean, it's the same thing. It's just so many different inputs. So yeah, it really is. And like, you know, the neighbor doesn't maybe have any cattle and so they can do a complete crop rotation every year and you know like yeah it's just everybody is completely different and so that's why like with you guys you know why do you guys rotate corn and beans each year 
Yeah, I feel like you kind of touched on it, but we do the complete crop rotation. So if a field was beans in year one, in year two, it would be corn. So we just keep rotating. Um, helps we've seen um, it produce better just because there are different nutrients being used. So um, yeah, it gives the, the ground a break, I guess is what I would say. Um, and then yeah. and Travis said as well, like certain weeds can be killed during corn planting that can't be killed during bean planting and then the other way around as well. So I'm um, yeah. just trying to be like on top of that weed management. Um, so being able to change that around helps us kind of control that better. Yeah. Um, and something else to kind of mention, like when you plant the beans, they feed nitrogen into the ground. So like when you do that rotation, you don't have to apply that. And more or less that helps as an input cost that you don't have to spend. So it really does help. Yeah. It's you just do what works for you. And that's kind of just how it goes. So, (laughs) so how far are you guys, are you close to being done or what's your status update? Um, well, we had a breakdown, so they've been repairing some stuff. Um, I think for like kind of like a day that they had to take out and do that. Um, it rained a little bit this morning probably enough just to make it kind of that inconvenient, not really muddy, but uh, Josh did say if it doesn't rain anymore, which this was last night, so of course it did rain today, um, they said that probably by the end of the week they'd be done, but now that it rained, I don't, I don't think they've been in the field today. Um, then we will be done with the corn, I should say. And then they usually take a break or wait for like a really rainy day that then they go up and work cattle a day or two because it's that time of year too. And then we'll start in on beans. Nice. Yeah. So how how are you guys doing? I'd like to report a minor miracle. Um, We are done. Oh, that's so (laughs) exciting. Yeah, I know. It never (laughs) happens. So we like, and the whole time I've known Travis, I've never not had a breakdown. Um, But this year we didn't have any, which was crazy. And then we were mostly able to just like get in the field and not a ton of like rain that stopped us. So yes, um, we started later than usual, but we were able to just like go straight through and they worked late a couple nights, but we were able to get done. So we are done. Um, Travis's dad is always in like a huge hurry. So it's funny yep. <laughs> um, because I like understand he's used to like the breakdowns and the process taking so long. Um, so yeah, he was like, Oh, we got to go. We got to go. And then they go and, and it worked out this year. So yeah, I will take it. We'll probably never see that again or not for a long time, but I was going to say, that is, <laughs> that is awesome that you guys yeah. can make it through a whole season without any of the breakdowns. That's huge. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So. Like, honestly, it is a miracle. It rarely happens. So I'm like, maybe I should write this down. I feel like we need a document this year. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Take pictures. <laughs> yes. This is what the joy looks like of no breakdown. So <laughs> document it. Yep. Uh, well, I ended up asking Josh then if there was anything else that he wanted to share, and 
he all he said was that this time of year is stressful more or less only because there's so much to do whether it be cows planting spraying and trying to keep up with it all so like I know everybody runs into it and it's just it's just how it is (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it just feels like there's so much anticipation building up to plant and then it happens and it's honestly just a wave of pure chaos and then it's over and you're like, I don't know how we did it, but we did and then repeat each year. Yep. (laughs) But it also, it's like a fun stressful because this is literally the start of everything that you get to look forward to Mm -hmm. till harvest. You know, like it's just your crop is growing and that's your livelihood. (laughs) Yeah. What are like your thoughts? How are you feeling or, or what else do you want to share about planting? Well, I don't really know. I haven't really been out there much. <laughs> That's I okay. do know, I do know that, uh, the couple times I have had our son ride in the disc with Josh, I come to get him and he balls because he doesn't want to go, he home. doesn't want to get out. And I'm like, you are way too little for this. And I'm like, this is going to be my life from here on out. Yeah. I'm always going to have a little boy that does not want to leave. <laughs> Start them young. Yeah. Yep. They don't, they're ready for it. It's crazy. Yep. Definitely it's loves it. Up. So, well, is there anything else that you want to share? I feel like you kind of touched on it. Like it's an exciting time of year, I think, just because, like, it is, like, the anticipation, but I also love, like, it usually brings warm weather. I mean, it's, like, summer is on the way. This is, like, what we do. Like, this is what we live for, so I feel like while it's crazy, it's also, like, so much fun and so exciting, and you just get to do it, so I think if I had to pick, honestly, like, I think planting's better than harvest just because, of that and also I'm probably biased this year because we had no breakdown so (laughs) we'll see what happens or how I feel next next spring I was gonna say we'll talk in the fall and see if you still like planting the best (laughs) yeah we'll see Uh, yep so well we always kind of end with a little bit of our day-to-day advice and so the one that we picked for this week is Um, the biggest thing, and like, if you can afford it, go buy yourself any kind of, aren't they all called like a robot vacuum, like a Roomba or iRobot, like whatever. I'm not too in tune with all the names, but go buy yourself one. It is absolutely amazing. There is so many things that you can do. Like you can actually be washing dishes and vacuuming your floor at the same time. It's glorious. And I do have to say it is an absolute lifesaver when you are pregnant. (laughs) I don't like vacuuming when I'm pregnant. (laughs) I don't like vacuuming anytime. So no, (laughs) yeah, no judgment there. It's honestly like the best investment. I feel like I live in a dust storm. So like, just set it, let it run, let it run every day if you need to. And it, it will save you so much time. It's worth it. Totally yes. worth it. 
It is. If you can scrape up the money to go buy one, definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're not married yet and you're going to do a wedding registry, put it on there. Like any way you can get your hands on one of these things, <laughs> like you got to do it. Yes. Yes. Um, so, you should add in, yeah, you need to add in the advice that Josh gave to you when you yeah. asked him and told him about this part. Last night when I was asking him these questions, I was like, so we always do some day-to-day advice. And I was like, do you have any good advice? And he like sat there in silence. And then all he said, like he didn't even look up. He w- All he said was, if you don't want to wash your vehicle, don't drive in the mud. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Thank you. That's, I guess that is very good advice. (laughs) That's very practical. Thank you, Josh. I will try. (laughs) Or if it's like us, wash your vehicle and then it'll rain. (laughs) Absolutely. Just like you were telling me that you did. (laughs) Literally this weekend and Monday morning, boom, it was already raining. So that must be like a whole farm thing. Like wife, husband, anybody. If you are in the agriculture world and you wash your vehicle, I think it rains. <laughs> yeah, honestly. At least I shouldn't say that because some people are probably in a drought and they would hate us saying that. But anyway, so I apologize to any anybody that's out there that is in a drought. Yeah, we we don't want to hurt any feelings. But yes, that was that Josh's advice just made us think of that. So it's pretty funny. <laughs> yes. So, well, awesome. with that, this was kind of a little bit more of a like – serious episode of just kind of getting like facts out there to you guys and I hope you guys enjoy it and we'll come up with a good topic for next time and thank you for joining us yeah thanks for listening please subscribe to our podcast the good life farm wives and for more of our day-to-day activities follow us on instagram and let us know if you like our podcast by writing a review bye everyone